I'm Amanda Olberg, Managing Editor of Education Next. We invite you to join this week's Education Next podcast, available online Wednesday morning each week at educationnext.org. Crime and Punishment was written by Fyodor Dostoevsky many years ago. That topic has come back onto the agenda in 2016, as many people are worried that the three strikes in your out legislation has cast too many young people into jail for too long a period of time, and they're looking for ways to reduce the incarceration rate, especially among minority young people minority males especially. This is Paul Peterson. This is the Education Next podcast. I'm the editor-in-chief at Education Next, and I'm delighted to have with me today Patrick Wolf, professor in the Department of Education Reform at the University of Arkansas, and the author of many reports that have looked in a careful way at the impact of school voucher programs. He's most noted for his study of the Washington, D.C. voucher program or the scholarship program in D.C., which found that students who got a voucher were more likely to finish high school than students who failed to get the voucher in a lottery. So it's a very carefully designed, randomized field trial. He's also done something similar to that in Milwaukee. He couldn't quite get the same randomization there, but he's gotten as close to it as possible. And he has some new findings from his Milwaukee study that I think uh, you will all be interested in. Patrick, it's been great to uh, see you again and to hear about your latest study. This is about incarceration rates. So let's have the bottom line. What did you find in um, Wisconsin about incarceration rates of people who got a voucher to go to a private school? Thank you, Paul. I'm delighted to be here to talk about our research on the effect of the Milwaukee Parental Choice Program on crime. Basically, what we did was we took students who were in 8th and ninth grade in the year 2006 We took 1,100 of them who were in the private school voucher program in Milwaukee, and they were carefully matched to very similar students in Milwaukee public schools. And we had access to a statewide database maintained by the state of Wisconsin 10 years later that includes records of every arrest and conviction of Milwaukee residents and Wisconsin residents Um, that is accumulated by the state. So we searched that database, and we found... How are you able to match these students who got vouchers to this database? Isn't that an invasion of privacy? Well, we had a permission from our Institutional Review Board for Human Subjects Research. The purpose of this research was not to identify criminals. It was to determine if the private school choice program had a positive effect on reducing uh, crime uh, for these for these young people. They were all between 22 and 25 years old at the time, which is sort of a prime time for young people to be involved in criminal activity or not. And as you and your listeners know, Paul, for low-income inner-city kids, 
the single factor that most is going to affect their success in life is whether or not they can avoid contact with the criminal justice system. If they do avoid contact, then their prospects are quite good to realize the American dream. So this is as important an outcome as whether or not they go to college. Uh, In a sense, I think it's more important, but they're closely related. And I'm going to get to that in in the end, the relationship between educational attainment and, and crime rates. But basically what we found is that the students who attended the Milwaukee Private School Voucher Program were uh, had, had, were accused or convicted of crimes at rates that were two to five percentage points less than similar students who went to Milwaukee public schools. Now that might not seem like a very big effect, but crime rates fortunately are not sky high. So a two to five percentile point drop is a 50 to 75 percent drop in criminal activity and crime rates, depending on the, on the type of crime you're talking about. And when you talk about felonies, which are the most serious kinds of crimes where young people will be sent to prison if they're convicted, uh, the rate was 75% lower for the voucher students than for the similar MPS students. Well, that's an incredible finding. If you can, so you're sort of saying like it's 1% instead of 4%, is that, uh, more or less the result for the felonies? Uh, yeah, it's exactly. It's 1% instead of 4%. Um, and and so, you know, that's a, a very small number of voucher kids being convicted of felons, of, of felonies, whereas, um, you know, a non-trivial number of public school counterparts uh, actually were convicted of felonies. Well, now, some people might raise the question, are you sure that the control group is like your treatment group? After all, the treated students were people whose families felt so, uh, they were so concerned about their children's education that they made the special effort to place them in a private school and to find a way of paying for it by getting the voucher, whereas the control group are students who may not have had a family that was that attentive to their needs. So how do you deal with that issue? Well, we were hoping we could do a randomized controlled trial, and that way, you know, that's the best way of ensuring that you have comparable groups on factors you can measure and factors that you can't measure. But we were not able to do that uh, because not all schools and not all grade levels in the Milwaukee Parental Choice Program uh, have to run lotteries for admission. So we took the students as they were in the private schools and matched them to similar public school students. Uh, But we think we did a stronger match than most people do. We matched them on all the normal characteristics you would would use, such as baseline test scores and race and gender and grade uh, and, and English language learner status. But we added a very important element, and that is neighborhood. Uh, In Milwaukee, there are 220 census tracts that follow tight neighborhood boundaries. So these are the communities in which the families in Milwaukee live and are embedded. And we know from other research that people who live in the same neighborhoods tend to share the same values, the same attitudes towards crime, the same moral principles. And so we think that these two groups, because a private school student was matched to a public school student in the same neighborhood, we think that they are likely similar 
on a lot of important motivational and attitudinal factors in addition to being identical in terms of test scores, gender, race, etc. So it's a, it's a, you have a, a, a two students who are exactly the same race, the same gender, the same test scores in eighth grade, so they've learned as much at this point in time. They are identical in terms of their um, uh, need for special education or in their need for special instruction uh, in, in English. They're identical in all that respects, and they also live in the same neighborhood. That's, that's what you're saying. This is, these are pretty similar kids. They are as similar as we can make them without, without random assignment. And uh, well, actually, there's been a lot of research lately that has tried to look at whether or not a very carefully uh, matched system, matched comparison like this, uh, will generate results that are similar to those that you get from a randomized trial. I think they tried that in Massachusetts. Uh, have you have you looked at any of that literature to see whether or not the results? of these two methodologies look as if they're roughly equivalent? Yes, we have, Paul. Uh, these are what people call within-study comparisons, where they have access to randomly assigned samples, but they can also construct these kinds of carefully matched quasi-experimental samples like we use here. Uh, they have, there have been these between or within-study analyses and comparisons in Massachusetts and school choice programs in Massachusetts and in North Carolina. And the main takeaway of those studies is that if you match students on your dependent variable and an earlier measure of your dependent variable, so that would be test scores if you're, if you're evaluating effects on test scores, plus a measure of geography, a measure of physical proximity of the students to each other, then you get very, very similar results whether you are using matching or random assignment. Now, of course, we don't have a prior measure of students' criminal behavior because they're... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Elementary not... school children don't have a very <laughs> strong criminal record. Fortunately, yes. There are, there are very few shootings and, and robberies of liquor stores uh, by elementary school students. Uh, so we don't have that measure, but we baseline test scores is, is, is a pretty decent one, and we have that geography measure in terms of census track. So, so again, we feel that the methodo methodology literature also validates the fact that we likely have two very similar samples. The main difference between them is that some of the students were allowed access to private schooling through a voucher program, the other students were not. And we see significant differences in crime outcomes. Well, no, another concern that people might have is that your effects are just too big. You know, f reducing it from 4% to 1%, I can understand that, but it might strike some people as implausible, a 75% uh, reduction. Do we have any other studies that find something comparable to what you're reporting in Milwaukee? David Deming of Harvard University did a similar study of a public school choice program in North Carolina. And his effects, they were like ours, they, the access to school choice decreased crime rates for students. 
and the magnitude of his effects are almost identical to ours. So uh, there, there is an emerging literature, only a few studies, but an emerging literature suggesting that when parents are allowed to choose their child's school, whether through public school choice or private school choice, uh, it has a very large and important impact on reducing the likelihood of them being involved in crime. So what's the policy implication? Well, I think this is certainly more evidence to suggest that uh, private school choice is a good option, particularly for low-income inner-city families. Uh, one uh, way, one additional analysis we did that I think is illuminating is we included a control variable for how far the students went in school. Uh, how high their educational attainment was, whether or not they graduated high school, went on to college, years of college. And what we found is when we included that control variable, which actually is, is sort of downstream from the intervention, from the school choice experience, we found that uh, there was no, the, the, it explained away the crime effect. So that what that really strongly suggests is that private school choice and perhaps other forms of school choice reduce criminal activity by increasing the educational attainment levels of students. This makes sense because a student who has advanced degrees is more vested in a stable society, has more prospects for, um, for economic activity in a good job in a stable community. And so I think uh, the evidence in its totality suggests that Private school choice improves educational attainment, and that higher level of educational attainment dissuades low-income inner-city kids from getting involved in crime. So I think this is a, this is a great outcome and, and makes us more excited about your own results uh, evaluating the effect of New York City's private school scholarship program on low-income students because you found that students were more likely, at least if they were African-American and, and of immigrant parents, they were more likely to uh, attend and graduate from college. So, yeah. And we found the same for Hispanic students. But let me ask you one other question, and that is, is it possible that the effects are the other way around, that because students are not being incarcerated or are having fewer uh, contacts with the law, that they're more likely to uh, go on to college and, and stay in college for a longer period of time, or is that not the right way to think about it? That's, a, that's an excellent point. We could actually examine that by looking at the date in which they were uh, arrested for those who, who were um, incarcerated and see, I mean, the earlier that happened, the more likely it is the case that contact with the criminal justice system disrupted their chance for educational attainment. If it was later, uh, after age 22, then it's more likely that um, the, the educational attainment really gave them stronger incentives to keep their nose clean and, and stay on the straight and narrow because there would be higher benefits for them. Did you see any differences for blacks and whites and Hispanics, or did you see the same effects for each group? We weren't able to, well, actually, yeah, we did, we did look at, at students, whether they were black or non-black, where we, we didn't have enough white students to sort of treat that as a, as a separate group. And the effects are similar for blacks and non-blacks. The effects were, were much larger uh, for males 
compared to females. And that makes perfect sense because females commit few crimes uh, when, they're, when they're in their late teens and early 20s. So all the, the real danger of criminal activity comes uh, from males, from young males. And that's where the effect, the positive effect of private school choice on reducing crime is clearest. Well, this is a really good news story. We need good news these days. And thank you very much, Patrick. Uh, I'm Paul Peterson. I'm the Editor-in-Chief at Education Next, and I have been speaking about uh, the uh, impact of the voucher program in Milwaukee on incarceration rates uh, many years later. And uh, Patrick Wolf uh, from the University of Arkansas has uh, conducted this study and shown some pretty positive effects. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for tuning in to Education Next's weekly podcast, released every Wednesday morning. For more on education reform, visit us online, educationnext.org. Thank you.